Joe had awakened to a world in crisis. The economy was in a state of deep neglect. A great dust bowl had ravaged food supplies, and the number one movie in the country was called Ass. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is, wait, you haven't seen? And it's a show where we talk about movies and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. Uh, I'm your host Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 70. The movie that we watched this week is the 2006 comedy called Idiocracy and joining me is Adam of Geekheim. Adam, how you doing? I am doing great. Much better than everyone in this movie. So <laughs> boy, I, I consider it a big win. Yes. Uh, all right, so you had never seen Idiocracy before, but you had heard of it, yes? I, I definitely heard of it. I heard of it when it first came out, and it was definitely in my wheelhouse of things I should have seen. But for one reason or another, I was I think I was in like a positive uh, mental state when this came out, maybe. And so I didn't want to see anything depressing and all. And then we got to the point where too much of it seemed to be starting to happen for real mm. and i got depressed and i just wanted to avoid it but now <laughs> before this election coming up i definitely felt like i had to get on it yeah and we had um kit london in the chat mention that she had never even heard of this movie before so uh give a quick rundown of it 2006 released film uh actually filmed probably in 2005 written and directed by mike judge if that name doesn't jump out at you, you've seen or heard of some of his other stuff. He wrote and directed Office Space, and he was the creator of Beavis and Butthead. Those are the two things he is most known for. Um, he also did a movie I actually saw the trailer for that I kind of want to see called Extract. That looks interesting. Uh, so he wrote and directed this, starring Luke Wilson uh, and Maya Rudolph. Pardon me. Um, with uh, I didn't know at all that she was in it. I uh, When she came on screen, I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, and then really the only other actors of note you have are, um, you've got your, uh, well, Terry Crews as, uh, the greatest name for a president ever. Uh, he was, uh, du oh, yeah. Duane Elizondo Mountain Dew. Uh, was it Hector? Um, Hector Camacho. Yeah. Such I, a great. I, I didn't memorize yeah. the whole thing cause there was just too much. Once they got to Mountain Dew, I was out. <laughs> That was one thing, and we're going to talk about some of the some of the writing in this a little bit, but because um, I really want to dive into that. Uh, but you had um, also Dax Shepard uh, and David Herman um, are probably the two other. Um, oh, and and uh, Justin Long shows up for a minute too. So um, yeah. I kind of want to run. Who was down. David Herman? Uh, David Herman was the Secretary of uh, State. Um, he was uh, Michael okay. Bolton in Office Space. That's what he's most known yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. but, uh, there's actually a few things with him I'd like to go over too, but I want to start with Luke Wilson. So Luke Wilson plays John Bowers, the most average person in the U S military. Um, there's an entire scene where his superior officer shows chart after chart of him in the very middle of every single bell curve. He's just perfectly average. Um, he sits around all day and does nothing. And because of how average he is, they want him in this program where they're going to hibernate him for a year in an attempt to test, um, you know, sciencey, sciencey test their, uh, the ability to freeze people and save them for later on. Right. That's the, that's the concept, the high concept behind what they were doing with, with him and Maya Rudolph, who is not an average person from the military, but in fact, mm. she's a sex worker. And, but they, they wanted, and it's fun. It, it, it's played a little bit as a joke, but at the same time, they went for somebody just like with Joe, who has no family, who has no one that would miss him if things yeah. went wrong. That was the the impetus behind kind of who they chose for it, um, which in and of itself, the that, that whole part of the movie is kind of interesting and um, that they would go through that. It's, it's very much glossed over, very quickly done at the beginning. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can, can I jump in with a quick question? Sure. So... Um, at the, at the beginning, like you said, they had all those charts that he's the middle of the road is uh, human in the military and all. 
And they discussed that they wanted to freeze people so that when we needed them, we could thaw them out and use them. Like, you know, when there's a war and that they would thaw out the best mm -hmm. and freeze the best so that way they're ready. Why did they want to do the test with a middle of the road guy, aside from the fact that it makes it better for the movie? Did they ever discuss that? It was that just the main reason for it was they wanted the test to be done with somebody who nobody would miss if things went wrong. Uh, that's that's the main okay. reason he was chosen. The fact that he's incredibly average just makes him like a, a scientific testing dream because he's a perfect control group. But it yeah. was really because he's expendable and no one would miss him. So in case something goes wrong, there's not going to be a family coming to look for him or any of that. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good question though. The, the idea was that if after a year the program worked, then they would put it into play and, and take their best fighter pilots and their best generals and freeze them and, and then thaw them out when they needed them. Except for the yeah. fact that, you know, the superior officer, of course, decided to become a pimp after uh, an upgrade, <laughs> which that's yeah, a very I, Mike I, judge. I like that guy. Yeah. It's a very Mike judge type of joke to do. Um, and, I mean, that scene itself, like, that whole scene is basically just exposition. Uh, it's just, let's get all the info we can dumped at once, and we'll throw in some jokes while we're at it. But um, it also sets up our whole plot, right? Because if he doesn't, if that guy doesn't go through all that, then the program, he doesn't get arrested. The program is so top secret, nobody knows about it, that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I thought Luke Wilson was good. Um, he, I wrote notes down. He actually, to me, kind of comes off as that, not quite like he can play that sort of dim-witted character really well, which is what he's supposed yeah. to be. Even though you know he ends up being the smartest person uh, in the world by the time hey, he wakes now, up. He's not dim-witted. He's just average, though. He's he's just not our super smart. Where you always used to having the super smart guy. Yeah, I guess fair enough. And and I sort of what I mean by that is like he plays that role well, where he's just like this average guy. That's he's not dumb, but he's not smart. He. Like, it's believable that he would still keep thinking that Upgrade is her boyfriend and keep making those references <laughs> yeah. later on. Like, he never caught on to the whole, you know, bit about her being a prostitute. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I like, like, I like Luke Wilson. That's, that's a hard sentence to say. I like Luke Wilson. Like Luke Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, um, tongue twister. I mean, I've seen him in plenty of things. I, I, I think he... Or his his brother would have been a good choice in this as well. Owen, he could have played that. Yeah. Except he would have said, "Wow." Luke was the somewhere. one. Sorry, Luke was the one in Eight Legged Freaks, right? Uh, no, that was um. Was Luke Wilson in that? I know David Arquette was in that. I don't know. David Arquette. All right, I always okay. get those two confused for some reason. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, sorry, and I, I stepped on your wow. I oh, I was just. That. Yeah, I was just gonna. I mean, it's you know. If, if Owen Wilson's in it, he's going to say, wow, somewhere. Um, Maya Rudolph. So she was fine. I liked her in this. Um, I, yeah. I wish her her accent that she was doing would have stuck. There was times where it was there and then it kind of went away. But, yeah, like at the beginning it was there. but mm -hmm. By the I end of the like movie, she didn't really have it anymore. Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. Hey, look, the movie worked on you. You're drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Maya Rudolph. I've seen her in a lot of SNL, um, and I've always found her funny. So I thought she was fine in this. Um, yeah. You know, could you have had cast anybody else as either Joe or Rita? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point, right? You want them to be somewhat interchangeable. Um, so, but I think both of them yeah, are great. Drives the point home that it could be anyone. Yeah. Uh, so Dax Shepard plays Frito, Frito Pendejo. <laughs> by the way, which is loosely translated to fried dumbass. Um, <laughs> I did he, not know that. Yeah. Um, so this is early in Dax Shepard's career. Um, he he had done Without a Paddle and some TV stuff prior to this, and I guess he was a small role and cheaper by the dozen. Um, but this was kind of a big one or a, an early one for him before he had gone on to do things like Employee of the Month or um, Beyond Punked for uh, a few episodes and, and keep going. I like Dak Shepard overall as an actor. Mm -hmm. I think he's funny. I think he's got good timing. He's charming. Um, I did not like him in this. I know that's the point. I get it. But the way, like, 
his manner of not only the the type of speech that they were having him do, but then the like lisp sort of thing that he had going on just really annoyed the hell out of me. So yeah, everyone else that was supposed to be in the future, uh, they were all off putting in some way to me. Virtually everyone except for uh, Camacho, he was the only one that I I felt. I felt halfway decent about, but everyone else, whenever they were like on screen or talking, it, it was, I, I like had like the heebie jeebies going on and it, it just freaked me out the whole time. So I, I don't know if they were trying to do that on purpose, but it definitely worked. I mean, I think to a point they were like, that was kind of the idea behind it was to have all of them be that annoying. I just, he was, mm-hmm. he was so much more of that and it, it and because he's in the movie more than anyone else, maybe. And, and, you know, probably if it had been another character or another actor playing that character, I would have been just as annoyed with it. It was just something I noticed with yeah. how much I liked Dak Shepard. And I'm like, oh, man, can you just stop talking? Although he did make some funny noises. Yeah, um, he was wearing some kind of wig in this, right? I think so. Or did they just cut his hair in that awful fashion? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. He could have just had his hair cut like that. Yeah. Um, uh, did we, I'm sorry. Did, did we interrupt and like we didn't even cover what the movie was about yet? We didn't finish. <laughs> like you know, we, we, said, we didn't set up, but you're right. We, we did. Uh, dove into. Right. So okay. Um. So Luke Wilson and Maya Rudolph, um, Joe and Rita get uh, frozen for a year, and the everything goes wrong. They end up being hibernated for 500 years. Joe is woke up because an aluminum a recyclable aluminum can falls onto a giant pile of garbage and causes a garbage avalanche. Um, and essentially what's been happening is the, the world population has been getting dumber and dumber because of natural selection and the only people breeding are dumb and they don't know how to take care of garbage. They don't know how to take care of the planet. Luke Wilson's character wakes up 500 years in the future and everyone speaks in, uh, they speak English, but it's this weird mishmash of like hillbilly and valley girl and slang and everyone's super vulgar. And all they care about is, um, money. Yeah. Basically money, money. money, Yeah. I like money. Um, everything is overly sexualized and entertainment is a, a show called owl my balls. And it's just a guy getting hit in the balls over and over. And it, it's a it's a commentary, right? It's a it was absolutely a satire on the current state of the world at the time this was made, which was two thousand five. It was it was Bush era, um, George W. Bush era when this came out, and it was very much a satire against the anti intellectual intellectual movement, um, and people kind of railing against uh, anybody with college educations and smarter people. There's a lot of, and I, I captured a ton of audio from this movie, but there were also a lot of lines I couldn't capture because I didn't want to capture anything with, uh, the F slur in it. I don't like that word or, um, the R slur. And they use that a lot. Now it's used in the movie, not in a way to glorify either term. It's used to prove the point of how vulgar everyone has gotten. Um, so -hmm. it's effective in that way. I just didn't want to capture any of the audio like that, but essentially I realized, well, one of the lines that they dropped, uh, the colonel dropped the N word mm. at one point when he was coming back in to, and I was like, "Oh, this is an old movie, yeah, isn't it?" This is when you could get away with doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so essentially, Luke Wilson wakes up 500 years in the future. He gets arrested um, through a confluence of things. He he goes to a hospital. They can't treat him um, for anything because they don't know anything. He runs away. He gets arrested for stealing from the hospital and takes an IQ test when they put him into prison uh, to determine what job he would do while he's in prison. And it turns out he's the smartest living person. He's smarter than everybody because and he has a, you know, just a very average IQ. Um, He ends up. uh, I like that IQ test. That's an (laughs) IQ test up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, And. He ends up getting what? It's uh, the Secretary of Interior. Um, so President yeah. Camacho, who we t- we've mentioned a couple times now, played by Terry Crews, um, is a former pro wrestler turned uh, president. And he is by far my favorite character in the entire movie. Like He's just great. He's so over yeah. the top. He, you know, 
he uh, he gets everyone's attention by just firing automatic weapons into the air and does a lot of yelling. He's very pro wrestler like. It's Terry Crews. The guy's got his charisma has charisma. Um, he's <laughs> he's great. I mean, what what can you say? Plus, the wig they had him in is glorious. Yeah, that was some nice hair. Just this long straight hair on this huge jacked jack dude who you never see he's always had a shaved head as long as i can remember i've never seen him with actual hair yeah it's true yeah no i, I can't remember him other than that <laughs> um but you know so the the president makes him the secretary of the interior and wants him to fix all the world's problems there's a dust bowl uh they can't grow any crops the economy is tanking um and all of this and they want him to fix it because he's so smart so uh they realize that or he realizes that part of the issue with or the issue with the crops is that they're using what they call um oh, what was it called brando 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 something like that something like uh, that basically Gatorade uh, as the uh had replaced water at this point in the world um and that's kind of the other part of it. so the the whole dumbing down of um the population is one half of sort of the the satire and the plot of this movie. The other half is corporate takeover and corporatizing and, and sponsorship of everything. And we we again, it's it's a hyperbole of kind of the current situation, and it's only gotten more accurate fifteen years after this movie came out. Where there's an, an entire section, basically this Gatorade type thing was replacing water because the company that owned it said water hurts our profit margin. So they bought the FDA and the FCC and could basically do whatever they wanted and replaced water with Gatorade. Um, everything's sponsored by Carl's Jr. Um, everything is uh, like Carl's Jr., Taco Bell, all of that. And But like everything's owned by Brondo, isn't it? Like it, that's the parent company of everything it looks basically, like. Basically, yeah. Yeah, and when when Luke Wilson kind of finally can convince everybody to switch to using water again, uh, that causes a whole new problem because the next day the Brondo um, stock is it? I'm, I got to look that up because I don't want to keep calling it Brondo if it's not not that. I think it is Phelan in uh, in chat was was saying it. Brondo, too, okay, so. the thirst mutilator. Um, and basically the day after he decides or he convinces him to use water, the stock goes to zero and half the country loses their job. Um, and so then everybody's upset with him. The stock immediately drops to zero. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's upset with him for that. So then they arrest him again, um, for, uh, I think the first time. So he kind of befriends Dax Shepard's character, Frito and, offers to um, finds out Frito tells him there is a time machine that will take him back in time. So he says, okay, get me to that. And when I go back in time, I'll put money in a savings account for you. By the time you get it here, it'll be worth billions of dollars. And uh, basically using his love of money. Um, Cause Frito says a few times, you know, I love money or I like money. And uh, yeah. he uses that to try and get what he wants, which is to, to get home. So, they end up going to a Costco, um, which is kind of a, a regular size Costco, really. I mean, it's only what, probably a few hundred miles long. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was quite large. It was, oh, it was such a ridiculous thing. Um, it was a great reveal too. You come over this giant hill, and there's like a, a tent city all around it, and it's mm -hmm. just it's it goes it reaches the horizon. It's yep. pretty nice. Uh, so they go to Costco to find the shuttle to this time machine, and they end up getting split up and gets arrested again there. And I love. If you watch the background in this, if you watch the movie again, pay attention to everything in the background because it's gold. There's so many good jokes in there between uh, misspellings, but even like the alert that pops up when he's getting arrested at uh, Costco <laughs> says he's being arrested for, uh, I think one of them was like just being a dick. And <laughs> like, it's just it's stuff like that is so good. But he gets arrested again, um, and this time he gets tried and sent for rehabilitation. And uh, rehabilitation is basically just a monster truck rally slash execution um, because that's what people enjoy. So the third act in this is a little – feels a little disjointed. I don't know if you felt like that or not, but it when they get to the point with, like, the monster truck rally stuff, 
Um, yeah. Because there's a lot, a lot more. So this movie was a very small budget, a uh, very small movie. And because of that, my only complaint with it was some of the effect work that they did. Um, some of the green screen stuff was so blatantly green screen, and it kind of took me out of those moments. Oh, really? It did. When they're walking I, I, in the Costco, I'm like, oh, it's just it's just them walking in front of a green screen. Like, I've seen it. I've yeah. just, I guess I've been spoiled because I've seen that kind of stuff done so much better. Um, oh yeah, no, it, it, you could definitely tell, but I did like the, uh, the old quality matte paintings that they used. No, those um, were great. Especially, especially when he, uh, raised the shade when he was in the doctor's office and you just see this hellscape of a world, uh, that is like two buildings that were falling over. They're tied, tied to each other. It, it was very entertaining. Yeah, the no, that were nice. the matte paintings were great. I liked that. It was just a, and it was only a few green screen shots that really stood out to me. And then some of the effects of the trucks weren't; those were okay, but it just felt like they were maybe a little bit rushed. I think the third act stuff, because this movie went through some uh, some rewrites based off of test screenings, and man, I don't know who they put in these test audiences, but. <sighs> Well, it also went through rewrites. Like stuff, some of the stuff that I was reading was because they were worried about getting sponsors, and also they were worried about pissing off corporations that were around then. Oh yeah, like you know that Starbucks wasn't going to touch this movie with a ten foot pole with what they turned into. No, and, no, because that was basically uh, so everything. Got, yeah, every everything in this world was either uh, a crappy reality show sponsored by Carl's Jr. or it had been turned into some kind of a sex shop. But they never said that outright. So it was like you could go to Starbucks and get a gentleman's latte. <laughs> but everyone and everyone in the world knew what it was, except for, you know, we had to infer that from all the um, the signage. I do like that term, though. It makes it sound like you have to go in there in a smoking jacket and order it. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. And, of course, a ton of, like, basically sex and violence are promoted. And that's what anyone – that's the only thing anyone cares about is is – uh, and there's there's a whole scene where um, Frito is taking them in the car and they're going to get pulled over. So they all jump out of the car and run away and the police run in and immediately just start shooting at the car Oof. and it explodes. And the the one um, one of them has a rocket launcher, but it's pointed the wrong way. So he fires the rocket and it just shoots off into the air. And then you catch in the background a plane crash because it hit a plane. Yeah which later on crashed into the Costco because when they're in the Costco, they go into that one room. There's a big smoking remains of a plane in the background. Um, yeah, I didn't even catch that. My wife caught it when we were watching. <laughs> so I was like, oh, damn. Um, yeah, it's just... But it, Frito, Frito was cheering for his car getting destroyed, too. That's yes. where it's like it gets out of hand. Mm -hmm, it's exactly. Like, Dude, that's your car. Oh. But he doesn't care because all he cares about is the violence that's going on and the, the explosions. So yeah, that's you know, and eventually um, it's proven that the water regrows the crops. They they do kind of a last minute uh, thing. He gets a pardon from the president. Um, you find out that there is no time machine. He's going to stay there and try to help the world. Um, it's a blissfully short movie. It's like an hour and twenty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, we were what I thought was just through the setup of it, like the first third, and I clicked on the thing, and it was like more than halfway done. I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, they do not waste any time, and it's not a very deep story. No, but I also don't think it needs to be. Like, I don't know that I want a two-hour plus version of this world because I think you get much past ninety minutes of dealing with the way that everyone talks and the the satire that they're doing, it's going to be too much and you're just going to want to claw your own eyes out. At least yeah. that's kind of how I felt watching it. Like I had forgotten how short it was and I sort of did the same thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, we still got a little bit left to go. And I look, I'm like, oh, there's like 20 minutes left. Um, mm -hmm. So, and it's paced, it moves along quite well. So that's, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a biting satire. But I think it's a really well put together satire too. Um, it one of the things that I did in researching for this was I found a video on YouTube from Crack.com, and they talked about um, uh, the fact that idiocracy is actually m more of a utopia than a dystopia. 
in terms of what our future could be like. They give a good reason for it because I, yeah, I saw that eyebrow go up. Hear this. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that they talked about was, um, and it's only like a six minute long video, but he talks about, pardon me. Um, yes, everyone in the future in this movie is dumb, but they also kind of know that they're dumb. And nobody has any ambition. And one of the scary things are dumb people with ambition because that's where you get some of the stuff where it's, um, you know, they've learned enough to be dangerous kind of thing. And so basically their argument in this video was, look, it could be a lot worse than what idiocracy is showing us. Like, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. have to I'll have to drop that uh, video into the Discord for you. You can you can give that a watch because I think you right, cool. you would find something interesting from that. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't see that one. <laughs> but I think overall, like as a comedy, it's very funny. It's got some really funny moments in it. I think as a satire and as a look at the world, it's kind of frightening how accurate some of the stuff that they chose to, to, cause again, it's going to be an extreme version of anything that's happening in the real world, but how accurate it was 15 years ago for this to be yeah. something that was made at the time. I mean, a, literally a pro wrestler becomes president in this movie and we have a president in the white house who has been at least involved in pro wrestling stories and reality TV. So it's not that far off. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, and one of my favorite pastimes is watching fail videos on YouTube when I'm when I don't have nothing else to do. And that's essentially ow my balls. Yeah. So yep. I'm perfectly happy to uh, admit when I fall into the dumb category. Well, you know, I I watch stuff like that, too. But I think what it is, is this again, it's taking that and amplifying it. It's it's this idea that that's all you would do is watch that because because it's been the algorithms have uh, have pushed to that. Um, the yeah. Food was the other one. There's no food being grown. Everyone exists or subsists on uh, these buckets of goo called like flaturin or something like that. And they just Ooh. literally scoop out with their finger. That was pretty nasty. Looked like, uh, I mean, it looked like it was vanilla pudding, but uh, they basically, it's just that and, um, and Gatorade. They all drink Brondo. Mm -hmm. The other thing, though, the it's got electrolytes, right? Well, and that kind of is the thing I want to talk about, which is it's not just that people are dumb in this future, but it's also that they are indoctrinated to all this corporate speak and everything is run by these corporations. Right. So there's a whole scene in it where he's trying to explain to him. He's trying to find out why they keep talking about Brondo and all they can do is repeat the slogans of but Brondo's got what plants want. It's got electrolytes. Yeah. He's like, well, what are electrolytes? It's what they make Brondo out of. You know, and it's just this cycle of what? that. It's what plants run. One. Yeah. Yeah. So that I was, yeah. I was I was just gonna say that that stuff to me is really interesting because I have had not that exact same conversation, but I've had something similar where you're starting to see more and more people will will not research something and just parrot what they have heard somewhere else that's the frightening part and that was the part for me watching it this time where i'm like "Ooh, that's the more accurate thing right that's the the one that scares yeah. me more than just a bunch of people with a low iq because you know whatever i mean no but it's that we've gotten so proficient at being able to tune in and get a message repeated out there for people to be able to get it inside their noggin and and just embrace it and be like, yes, this is why this is this way. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's got. What plans Facebook? Want. It's got electrolytes. Um, yeah. And you know, it's it's frightening to think because that tied so much into the economy of this world that one day, in one day, they could tank the economy, uh, or so they you know so they say in the movie. Which, by the way, was a great cameo mm -hmm. by Thomas Hayden Church as the CEO of Brondo. Yeah. I love he seemed him. like the smartest guy in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, which is funny because he got, you know, he made his name as playing kind of a dumb character. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's stuff like that. And But uh, another thing that the Cracked video brought up, and I thought this was interesting, is, yes, everyone is dumb, but you also have a very inclusive 
kind of world too. You know, you you have a mm-hmm. uh, the president is not only a former pro wrestler um, running around yelling sound bites and screaming at everybody, but it's a black president, right? And no one cares. And he has he has parties on the White House lawn in front of the White House, or they're they're riding jet skis in the reflector pool in front of a tilted uh, Washington <laughs> monument, but. Yeah everyone's so dumb that nobody argues with each other and yells at each other, right? There's not a lot of like, they don't. And who knows if that actually is happening in this world, but they don't touch on any of that. Like it's, there's none of that kind of stuff at all. It's just like, everyone's really, really dumb, but they're all surviving. Yeah. And they all kind of get along. And Mm -hmm. when they don't get along, it's just because you're interrupting their sex or their money. Right. Um, I, I didn't notice very many black people in the movie aside from the president. This is true. Like there seemed to be a high degree of people of color, but like they were more Latino or mixed, it seemed, and there weren't a lot of black people. And then I just found that a little bit odd. Like yeah. how many, like it was the president and that's it. And I was <laughs> like, Ooh, that's weird. Yeah. And I, I, you know, who knows what their casting process was like when they were getting stuff together. Um, so, but yeah. it, that is something of note. Um, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy the movie. Um, I think it's, it's funny. I like Mike Judge's sense of humor. Some yeah, of it can, some, funny dude. yeah. And it, some of it doesn't age as well as you would like. And kind of what I talked about earlier with like the, the slurs, the F slurs and, and R slurs and stuff like that, that he uses. Again, I understand why. But it's it's the kind of stuff that if you were trying to make this movie today, probably wouldn't be able to get away with. And it's already a movie that didn't get a wide release. This this movie was released in like six markets or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, I was reading about how much uh, the distributor like backed away from it. Yeah. Yeah. They backed away after poor test screenings. And like you had mentioned, out of fear of like uh, sponsorship problems and. So they only released it in a few markets and none, no major markets. It didn't get released in New York at all. And they pulled it after like a week from theaters. They only released it to theaters, I was reading, because of a contractual obligation that they had to. They had to give it a theatrical release no matter what. Yeah. It was part of the contract. So they did the bare minimum possible and they didn't market it at all. So the movie tanked. I think it made like $450,000 nationwide in its theatrical run. And nobody had hurt. Nobody was hearing of it. So, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it had. It's amazing that it became the cult classic that it did. Yeah. Um. So you had mentioned before about it being a, a thankfully short movie because the uh, the plot lent itself to that. There's only mm-hmm. so many times you can go back to the the same well. Well, personally, I wanted the movie to be about. 20 minutes longer and also include uh, some kind of discussion of uh, corporations and them actually having taken over and are, were purposefully doing it. And so like, instead of everyone getting dumb, just like most of the general population getting dumb and that, you know how we have the 1% now mm-hmm. and that, that like 1% because someone had to be getting all this money that yeah. was being generated from all the corporations and everything. And even though the economy was terrible, I mean, we have a time now when the economy's the economy's great, the stock market's great, but there's metric tons of people out of work. Yeah. No, and, and so I, I I kept waiting for that in the movie and it never came and I was like, Oh, everyone's just really dumb. And How does I'm glad work. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring that up because I would agree with that. I would like to have seen that as well however they sort of the only way that could have worked in the movie that they made would be to have it really secretive because even the president would say you know all we're going to do is print more money right we're just going to make more money and then everybody will get money kind of thing um so yeah but you're right in that that would have made a more um, it would have made the world feel more real and less of a hyperbolic caricature. Um, but mm-hmm. I, at the same time, I think Mike Judge really wanted to hammer home. Yeah, he yeah. really wanted to hammer home that everyone's dumb and that's what's ruining the world thing. And yeah. and yeah. I think it was 
as much the corporation part. I I agree. That would have made it better. That would have taken it from this. For me, this movie is kind of solidly. If you if you were rating on a scale of ten, sort of in that six to seven category, good, not great, rewatchable for me. Um, but if you give it that kind of a, a subtext too, of like there's these this cabal of one percenters behind the scenes that are keeping everyone down and they're all fine. Now you're pushing it up into a, a you know seven eight eight and a half type of territory. Maybe he was playing on that for the uh, sequel, right? Yeah, because they did tease a sequel. Um, yeah, they did. I love that. I was like, for some reason, I was like, let's see if there's a post credit scene, and there was, and I was so excited. Yeah, and the post credit scene upgrade comes out of one of the the hibernation chambers. Um, that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, from everything that they had yeah, established. No, yeah, he was arrested mm-hmm. with uh, the guy, so he would have had to go in after that. Yeah, but yeah, that didn't make any sense. It but, didn't make you know, it didn't make a lick of sense, sense, but it was funny, right? It was it was funny for him to come out yeah. and be like, "I'm going to get my money," because that was that was a good joke. I it what it did was it paid off jokes from earlier in the movie. Yeah, it was a running gag that never paid off during the the core of the movie, but if you stuck around, it definitely paid off there. Yep. Because as Phelan says in the chat, upgrade always comes for his money. Um, he does. Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't have a ton else I can really say about it. I don't know if you had any other things you really wanted to touch on with it. I've kind of um, hit most of my points. Let me take a look at my notes just to make sure. Because a movie like this uh, yeah, had well, a lot well, to say. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. And if we talk too much about the intrinsics of it we're going to quickly dive into political talk and no one wants that but the the biggest thing uh the couple things i wanted to touch on were they mentioned how there was a terrible dust bowl and that also affected the the farming and everything and there was even one sequence uh in it when they were trying to escape in a little teeny tiny electric car that was puttering around the city and uh luke wilson said hey drive into that uh that dust storm there and hopefully maybe we can lose them and it was like a fog machine had been left on for like 10 minutes and that <laughs> yeah. was about it. it it was like a little bit of puffs and, and like they were through it in like a, a ninth of a second so that harkened back to uh the the uh, budget for the movie yeah the budget definitely showed funny. in this one you you saw the lack of budget in in a lot of these scenes one thing okay so another thing that some things that i thought were brilliantly done were um the costuming all of the ah, clothes yeah. in the future were covered in logos. They looked like NASCAR, um, just covered in sponsorship logos. But all of it was pro wear, was that uh, shimmery like basketball jersey slash um, track pants material, everything, whether yeah. it was they so shirt. Comfy. Yeah, shirt, blouse, skirt, didn't matter what it was. Every single person in it was wearing something like that, and it all had logos on it. I thought that was brilliant. Even the prison um, prison uniforms yeah. with that material. They were just bright orange with the number on it, and he's wearing orange Crocs. Yeah, orange Crocs. I noticed that in the uh, at the end there when he was driving. That was good stuff. I liked how also the shirts came out of dispensers that were like giant tissue boxes. Yeah. You yes. just like yank it out, and boom, mm-hmm. you got a nice new shirt. I'm like, ah, I could go for that. Yeah, and, I mean, and uh, most of the guys' clothes, they reminded me of pajamas. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Like they had that look of pajamas because the the all the sponsorship stuff was like small and so repeated all over the place. Yep. I was like, man, at least that future looks comfy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and that's the thing. That future was all about being comfortable and just sitting around watching TV. Because I mean, when you meet yeah. Dax Shepard, when you meet Frito, he's sitting on his uh, recliner, which doubles as his toilet. Um. So he doesn't have. Oh to my move. god! I didn't even notice that. You didn't? Oh, they make that joke twice. The first time he gets up from his chair, oh. he stands up, and you hear the toilet flush, and you see the toilet okay. lid. You t- see the toilet seat part of it. And as he stands up, he pulls his pants up. And then later All on, right. when he's talking I to see. Luke Wilson the second time, in the middle of talking to him, he just pulls his pulls his drawers down, and he sits down while he's talking to him because he's using the bathroom again. Yeah, all right. I definitely remember the pulling the drawers down because both my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> oh, what happened there? And we were like, we don't know. But there's something else, too, going on with the, the TV stuff that made for the pants being down that I thought was going on. So I was like, eh, we don't need to figure that out too much. <laughs> yeah, but well, uh, that was the other. Yeah, so, yeah, 
I do definitely want to watch this movie again to find stuff like that because I loved, uh, like you were talking about the Costco scene looking in the background. I love, like, at one point there was just a big herd of goats going through. Yep. I love shit like that when, oh. when big goats come through. No, uh, if you pay attention to things like in uh, announcements going on in the background, uh, they talk about um, what he's in like aisle 16,000 something or other in the in the Costco. When she picks up the phone, it's like AT&T, Taco Bell, something or other. They name off like four or five sponsors for the for the long distance. Yeah. Um, National long distance. Yeah. The uh, the Carl's Jr. Um, everywhere, which cracked me up. Uh, what was the other thing? Um, oh, they had the vending machine for Carl's Jr. Yeah. That uh, dispensed the stuff and told the lady, oh, you're a terrible mother. Carl's Jr. is now taking your children. Yeah, exactly. And the corporations can can literally take her kids and then spray her. Yeah. Um, I loved when uh, President Camacho is going to give his address and they go to the House of Representing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that, too. There was so I many. that one out when we were going. Yeah, there were so many good jokes, like the House of Representing. If you looked at um, when they had the artist depiction of the trial, the way they write artist depiction, like they misspell stuff on purpose. Yeah. Uh, time machine. Yeah, they spell it like phonetically. Yeah, time machine yeah. Uh, was another good one. Or the fact that um, like the argument on the, the House floor was just yelling at each other. That's it. There was no like structured argument. It was just, you're dumb or you know, you're a dick type of thing like that's all they did that was the same thing with the trial the the guy in the prosecuting attorney is like i mean look at him of course he's guilty and it, it, that whole thing yeah. that whole courtroom scene was was great because it really showed what the what the world was like his his lawyer turns out to be frito and sorry the dog is chewing on things behind me um his lawyer well. turns out to be frito and then you know all he does is complain about joe or his name, not sure, because that's what his name ends up being. <laughs> yeah, not sure. That's, uh, I, I'm glad that they came up with something not too terrible for his name, because that was definitely a dumb name, and 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 was the in the moment that joke that you would expect to have happen, but it wasn't too over the top. It was just uh, not sure. Yeah, yeah, Phelan, you're right. Uh, when the they turn to the prosecutor, he's like, "Well, first of all, Your Honor, we have all these evidence. I mean." Look at him. And that's that's yeah. the whole argument. Um listen to how he talks. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. Oh, uh I did oh, I love Justin Long though, is is playing kind of that st- almost stoner doctor with yeah. those cigarettes that they yeah, were smoking was, too, the whatever those uh, the brand of cigarettes was called, they were they looked they were just ridiculously huge cigarettes. Um oh, really? Yeah, he comes walking he comes walking in with one of those and just the way like nobody can count anything is like, yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be this many dollars. You know, yeah, they, like nobody counts. No, they don't at even all. bother trying. Yeah. I enjoyed when he was getting checked in at the hospital, he's <laughs> he's listing his symptoms and the, the woman behind the thing is just looking around for a button to push that looks like a picture of what he's describing. Yep. And eventually she, she lands on a picture of the of shrug emoji with question marks everywhere. So I actually wrote yeah, down, I yeah, I wrote down for myself. I'm like, hey, it's an emoji keyboard, which, yeah. again, 2005, I mean, there weren't a lot of emojis being used at the time. Um, it certainly wasn't nearly mm. as prominent as it is now. And so I thought that was interesting, too, that the keyboard was completely broken down to just pictograms. Um yeah, because well, uh, that's something anyone can understand. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I did sort of touch on the the third act being a little, a little weird for me. I didn't dislike the whole thing with the monster truck rally. I just it felt like a different. I don't know. It felt different tone to me than the than the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, he's, he's got to fight his way out of this thing. Um. You know, they have the, of course, the joke where they they make the bigger and badder monster truck and then it can't get in. Um, I did. I really enjoyed that one. When they, they, like, the truck was trying to get in, it smashed into the entrance a couple different times. Yep. That was enjoyable. Um, Uh, Was I the the only one that watched it and thought that the main guy that was the the killer at the end there was um, uh, Ben Affleck? Because when his picture first came up, both me and my wife, we went, holy shit, that's Ben Affleck. 
I didn't think it was Affleck, but I was trying to think of why he looked so familiar. And I, it turns out it's Luke Wilson's older brother. It's another Wilson brother. What? Yeah. Oh God, his name, last name was Wilson. Yeah. Holy it cow. is. Um, what is his name? Because he plays awesome. Beef Supreme. And that I thought it was weird that he doesn't awesome. have any speaking lines. I was trying to realize why he didn't speak at all. But yeah, it's Andrew Wilson. It's it's their older brother. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. All right. Cool. Yeah, but um, in in the first image that they had, it looked he looked just like Ben Affleck, and I was like, "Holy cow!" I didn't know he was in this. Uh, oh, by was. the way, David Harmon, who plays um, Secretary of State and was uh, you know Michael Bolton and all that, he also um, mm-hmm. did a lot of voices for Futurama. Um, he was Scruffy the janitor. Oh, oh okay, cool. Um, right. And I did I, like. I don't want you to bed, but another of Mike Judge's movies I haven't seen, and uh, I don't know why or how, but I haven't seen Office Space. Oh. I'll tell you what, if you enjoyed this, you will like Office Space even more because I think it is, I think Office Space is a better overall film. Like I think as a comedy film, it, it lands better for me. Um, so where this is kind of in the six to seven range, I put Office Space more in a, in a seven to seven to eight, eight to nine type of range. I just think it's just got some really great, great humor in it. So I highly it's recommend in my wheelhouse because I'm a computer programmer. So you will appreciate the humor so much more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I didn't even mention Stephen Root as um, President uh, President Wol- or um, Judge Wolverine or whatever his name was. Um, yeah. Oh my the, god. He was the judge. <laughs> he had the Wolverine awful. haircut. Um, it was an uncredited role. Yeah. I'm surprised that Wolverine held on that long. <laughs> like that he was still a thing. Well, you know. That's pretty cool. Well, that character would live forever, so. True. I mean, there's a lot of uncredited roles in this, but he was Judge Hector, the Hangman BMW. <laughs> and uh, another uncredited oh, one man. was the Attorney General was played by Sarah Rue. Um, and she's been in, she's played small parts in a lot of stuff. I, I always like her. Um yeah. But uh, that was one of the things I loved is the the names of people in this uh, were all corporate names. You had uh, one of the news anchors was named Velveeta, um, and the reporter in front of the courthouse was named Formica. So it was either oh. they had a name like that, or they were just Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, um, or yeah. Doctor. Lay down. That was nice. The um. So when this movie first started out and they had that bit of exposition at the beginning talking about how um, uh, like natural selection was less of a thing now mm-hmm. and the dumb people were having kids and the smart people weren't having kids. Yeah. That struck a little bit close to home for me purely for the fact that I feel like I'm someone that shouldn't have been able to reproduce due to physical fitness. Like if natural selection had really been a thing, I would have been dead before I could have gotten to the point to have kids so i'm like you know this movie may be touching on something right and i turn and look at my kids and they're beating each other over the head with stuff and i'm like uh well, that's not good what's the phrase i feel attacked <laughs> yeah but i mean rightfully so but not quite as bad as that and and also i felt i felt a degree of uh, empathy with uh joe uh, because his thing at the beginning, he was a, a librarian in a small out of the way army library that no one ever went to. Mm-hmm. And he was happily content to just stay there for his whole career and just get out and all. And I'm like, this guy's my hero. Just keep your head down low, avoid any problems. And uh, one of the things his, his boss kept saying was lead, follow or get out of the way. And I get out of the way. And I'm like, yes, that's a very good motto. No, I mean, it can be, yeah. And and you know that basically what he was trying to point out is what saves Joe in the end is that he becomes a leader. Yeah. Mostly because he has to. Yeah. Teaching us a lesson. Yeah. Dare they. Um, so I mentioned that I captured a lot of audio for this, and I, this movie is highly yeah. quotable, and I'm going to play some of it because, damn it, they're funny. Um, That's what we do. <laughs> There were so I always I always like to capture laughter like 
especially the the really forced or fake laughter. And this one had two in particular that really got me was I think the second. Okay. This one was when he starts to drink out of the drinking fountain and realizes his Gatorade and then asks that guy if he can just get some water. He's like, what you mean from like the toilet? What do you want that for? Yeah. Well, just to drink. And the guy just looks at him and then <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> just dumb laughs like that, that get me. <laughs> and then there was another one. I think this one was the Secretary of Defense. Um <laughs> Yeah. That was him. Oof. Yeah, that that dude was rough. Plus he had he but but he made this sound when they introduced him as the Secretary of Defense. Huh? And that killed me. And this is the Secretary of Defense. So now I have that, and I can use... I, I might use that as my replacement for if I capture something that has a, an F-bomb in it. Oh, nice. Instead of, a, Instead just, of a a beep, beep, just this. Yeah. So. And, uh, Sounds about right. And then you had um, the Secretary of State, uh, David Herman, um, with this one. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> It's just wow. that sound he made. Just, um, and that it one sounds like you recorded people eating a meal and just various <laughs> noises that come out when, instead of a burp. Well, so I did actually the scene where, um, they're in the Costco and Frito gets into the shuttle and they're standing in front of the door and Luke Wilson is talking to him and he keeps saying, you know, maybe I can go back in time, but. If I haven't already done it because she's still here. Oh. All of that, and he's just getting more and more confused. I just made a supercut of all the noises Dak Shepard made in that, and it's like two seconds long, Ooh. but it was just... I don't care. Uh, I, uh... <laughs> just, that, was, that was all he did for an entire scene, was just make noises like that. Um, all right. In in that character's defense, I feel that way when I talk, <laughs> think about time travel, too. This is true. So, uh... Oh, and of course... What to by Carl's Jr. Because he gets paid every time he says that. That was a funny line. Why do you keep saying that? Because they give me money every time I do. Um. Oh, the president. I, I wish he had had something on him that heard him say it and like ding the cash register sound. See, every that would have been better. That would have been great if he had like something something pinned to his shirt and it just like it flashed yeah. every time he said it. Five hundred years in the future, somebody would have come up with that kind of technology. Um, the president's name. A man by the name of Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Herbert Camacho. Yeah, um, Herbert. Oh, this one was almost too realistic. Georgia's in Florida. <laughs> Dumbass. That was said a lot in the movie. Um, oh, man, there's so many good ones. Oh. But sadly, the greatest minds and resources were focused on conquering hair loss and prolonging erections. By the way, the way he says prolonging there, um, I should have captured just that little bit where it's prolonging. He really yeah, hammers yeah, that yeah. G for some reason, and I don't know why. Um, oh. <laughs> you got hepatitis. I have that forever <laughs> now. I, yeah, I will use it one. only for evil. Got hepatitis. Huh? I kind of wish there were more diagnoses. I would love to hear, like, cancer. Oh, <laughs> what they that, did for cancer. And that whole scene was terrible. Where he walks up and the guy's like, okay, put this one in your mouth and this one in your ear and this one up your bum. And then he yeah. takes them back and he gets them all confused. Oh, hello. No thanks. Um, oh, we said this a few times already, but. Oh, I, I like money. So. You know, I mean, yeah, I get it. that's one's mantra. <laughs> this, Even now. okay, so in the beginning, when he's when his uh, boss comes up to him while he's sitting in uh, Luke Wilson sitting in the library, and he says, "But you know, I'm good at what I do." The way he said this really confused me. I've never heard it phrased this way, which was sitting on ass, like. Because then later on, he says, oh. well, he can do that. You know, he can sit on his ass, and it's sitting on his ass. But the way he said that was like, good at what? Sitting on ass? It was just, it was a weird phrasing to me. I don't know. I don't, have you yeah. ever heard it phrased like that? I never have. It, <laughs> it sounded it sounded a little bit Southern, so maybe that's a Southern 
uh, change up of, of how to say it. Maybe I'm not familiar with. Maybe, maybe some of us, uh, somebody in the chat who's from the South could tell us. Um, oh, there was also. I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. That was another mm. one of those. It's kind of like, okay. You're pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty smart. Why, why aren't you? Um, Thank you, Velveeta. I have that one too. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I've got it. So I don't know. I would do that whenever anyone mentions cheese. Thank you, Velveeta. That would work. Um, I had to get at least one Steven Root because he is too funny to me. And it was, he only had a few lines, but we gonna see if we can come up with a verdict up in here, up in here, up in here. Um, that's a big pile of rocks. Oh yeah. That was Mike judge doing that voice of the announcer. Really? Yeah. Um, he had another one. Oh, there was a lot of uh, misuse of phrases, right, to, to denote how dumb they were. So they would mispronounce a word or change up a word to where it was sort of close. Like, um, oh, what was uh, – I think I heard like an especially in there somewhere or, or something like that. No. But um, this one was my favorite. We seem to be experimenting some technological differences. Technological differences. Uh so experiment. Yeah, nice. experiment and some technological differences. Um oh when, you gotta save that if your stream ever goes down. Yes, I do. Uh and then when the president comes in um to meet him for the first time and sees that he's the smartest man. Oh, uh yeah, the smartest man in the world, and he just looks at him and goes, I thought your hair would be bigger. <laughs> I thought your head would be bigger. And then I forgot. Um, One of the, the jokes and I don't know why just jokes like this always make me laugh is when he's in prison again, Maya Rudolph comes and she goes, why don't you just break out like you did the first time, which I'll mention here in a second. Cause we didn't talk about that. And he goes, well, they kind of fixed that problem. No, they pretty much fixed that. How? They chained me to a big rock. And then they just pan over to a giant rock and he's chained to it. Like that one to me, that, that cracked me up. Um, well, yeah, that's smart. I mean, some big brain up in the the warden must have had that idea. <laughs> well, so in the beginning of the movie, and we kind of glossed over this, but the first time he gets arrested, he he is in line going into the prison and realize just walks over to one of the guards and says, "Um, yeah, I'm actually supposed to be getting released today," and they're just like, "Idiot, go get in the other line," and he gets in the other line and mm-hmm. just basically leaves. Like it's that easy for him to get out. So that that was funny to me to then call back to that later with a, no, they pretty much fixed that by chaining me to a big rock and her just standing up and looking over at the giant rock. So, yeah, that, I mean, it's idiocracy. What to by Carl's Jr. I I was kind of, oops, sorry. (laughs) I was kind of hoping that he was going to talk his way entirely out and like not have to just run away uh, when he was breaking out of prison the the first time. That would have been funny. Um, Yeah. I think and, then and it, it would have worked, but he, he yeah, he didn't realize, I don't think how, how easy it was going to be for him to, cause that was one of the things they talk about is the way he, the way he got everyone to stop using Gatorade or Brondo and start using water again, wasn't through any sort of reasoning or logic. It was, he told them that the plants could talk to him and were telling him they wanted water, not Brondo. And that's what convinced them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's not good. Oh, yes, the turrets taking themselves out as he runs out of the prison. The two big machine gun turrets, and then they just pointed at each other and shot each other. That was funny. Yeah, that had a very big feeling like a police squad movie. To me. <laughs> it did. That, it did a little thing. bit, yeah. They, there were moments in this that got, you know, a touch slapsticky. Um, but for the most part, it was very much uh, humor of um, kind of situational humor. I don't, overall, yeah. I liked the movie. Yeah. As a as a first viewing, so something that you had heard of and you sort of shied away from. I mean, what it, did you enjoy it? I I did enjoy it. I did have a lot of fun with it. I laughed at all the appropriate times and all. I but every, just about every laugh was quickly followed by a sigh of exasperation <laughs> as to what we've become. Yeah. Uh, and and it's kind of sad because in researching this movie too, I came across two different articles. One was titled, uh, hold on, I got it here somewhere. Um, oh, no, where'd it go? 
Uh, Idiocracy is a cruel movie, and you should be ashamed for liking it. Now, that one was released. That article was out in 2014. But by 2016, uh, things have changed to an article in Time magazine says we have become an idiocracy. So we have in two short years there, things changed enough and we're just going downhill uh, with, with everything. And, and like, they would say something like, like the Al my balls guy or any number of things. Oh, I like money. And yeah, I laugh cause it's funny, but then it's quickly followed up with uh, yeah, we're there. And the, the scene that hurt me the most, honestly, in this movie was when um, he was chained to the big rock and trying to tell Maya Rudolph, I keep wanting to say Angelou, and I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> um, uh, trying to tell her to go find the time machine and go back home and warn everyone and tell them to read a book and tell them to, to like use their minds. And, it, and I just immediately thought to myself that, no, there's no way that would happen now. Absolutely none. We're trying to, I'm sorry, we're trying to tell people to put masks on to save people's lives during a pandemic, and they, they don't want to. Yeah, and that so sort of, like, yeah, and that, that sort of cycles around or circles around to what I was mentioning with the the video on Cracked, where basically what he was saying was the reason that this movie is more of a utopia, and it, it's a it's Cracked.com, so it's obviously satire in its own right. But basically, he was saying the reason that this is more of a utopia than the world that we're probably going to end up with is because these are people who are dumb, but they realize that they're dumb. Whereas you have a lot of you have a uh, and it and it was playing on anti-intellectualism, right? The the whole idea that like intellectuals are somehow bad, instead of a pseudo-intellectualism, um, where it's people who do have some education, who do know some things, but refuse to listen, refuse to alter their perceptions at all, or seek out alternative um, alternative facts, right? Bend the facts to their yeah their story and without getting too overly political on things. That's what's scarier to me than just a bunch of people with low IQs is people that yeah, have people some education. Just parrot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, yeah. it's one of those movies. You're right. You laugh and then you're like, oh, but, but I'm laughing at something that's actually happened. Like it's, it's a little bit tough. I think that's sort of what the movie was going for. Like in the end, it just, did it really well <laughs> is pretty much all yeah, I can say. And like, we did it too quickly. We didn't take 500 years to get some of this shit done. That's also true. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and there's still time for us to turn it around, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a slippery slope for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> we got to pull out of this dive. Yes. Come back. Come back. Oh, no, yeah, I, I definitely I like enjoyed money. it. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a idiocracy. I, I'm glad that you finally got to see it and, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I do recommend watch it again because there's, there's lots of stuff to look at in the background and extra layers of things that, that add some levity and, and make it a little easier the, to, to watch again. And definitely, definitely, definitely check out office space because if you like this, you'll like right. that, especially as a computer guy, you'll really appreciate the office corporate environment stuff that they make fun of in that. Cool. Awesome. All right. I shall. Well, I want to thank you for being on. Now you, uh, you work on some stuff on your own. Um, let people know where they can find you or what you work on. Uh, I do, uh, a lot of Minecraft streaming on Twitch, uh, on, uh, Adam of Geekheim, uh, twitch.tv slash Adam of Geekheim. I'm also a avid Star Trek fan, so during those streams and every so often I have uh, separate streams where I discuss uh, new happenings in Star Trek, like all the new shows coming up, uh, Strange New Worlds and uh, Lower Decks, which is coming up, an uh, animated show in August. Um, oh, yeah. And I also enjoy um, uh, curating the internet for my wife. And as often as we can, we try to hop on. It's not as often as I want and discuss current fun internet stories. Um, and uh, we enjoy that. And we also have a Foods Day Tuesday show, which took a hiatus during the uh, pandemic because, A, it didn't seem quite right talking about silly food news. 
and b uh, a lot of companies stopped releasing silly food things during the pandemic because you know for a while there we couldn't get hamburgers from china right so uh the supply chain was kind of dorked up but i'm adam of geekheim on the twitters and the twitches excellent uh, so this show gets recorded on Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time right here, uh, which is twitch.tv forward slash TV's Travis. Um, I'm TV's Travis on Twitter, um, pretty much anywhere you can find. I also do another show um, on Monday nights with Audie Norman, oddly normal one. We watch Highlander. It's called Let's Watch Highlander. And we do those as a live stream. We took last week off, but we're back at it uh, again this week, tomorrow night, actually, uh, for episode three of season one. And we do them as a Twitch watch party. So we watch the episode on Twitch. We comment about it. And then afterwards, we talk for a bit. And that becomes a podcast later in the week. So if you're at all interested in Highlander and want to come hang out with us, uh, we'd love to have you because it's a ton of fun. Um, I love that show. It's just 90s cheese. And it's glorious. Yeah. Um, great. Coming up next week, uh, I have Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast coming back. And this time, he gets to show me a movie. I'm going to see for the first time Unforgiven. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, I know. I know. And it just, it just slipped by me. I'd never, I never got around to seeing it. So I'm fixing that problem now. So that's going to be next week. Got one of my all time. Good. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Well, give me a week and then I'll be able to talk about it. Um, All right. But that's that's coming up next week. Uh, We're, we're quickly approaching August, which is going to be Nick Cage month. And I'm still narrowing down the movies that we're going to watch for the month. So keep an eye on uh, Twitter for polls um, to see what movies we're going to choose uh, coming up for August. So, yeah, uh, this show comes out in podcast form on Wednesdays. So if you are not subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Go subscribe. Um, And if you do subscribe, leave us uh, a review on things like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts because it does help the show get um, get seen more in searches. So it always, it always helps. And we, I definitely appreciate any and all reviews, but until next week with unforgiven, Adam, I want to thank you for being on and, thank uh, you for having me. yeah. And get out and enjoy your movies. And it's a weird time and let's avoid becoming a real idiocracy and be excellent to each other.